Good morning. Welcome to the Ballpark Digest broadcaster chat for April 1st as we uh, reach the beginning of the 2021 regular season for Major League Baseball. I'm Kevin Reichardt. I am flying solo today. Uh, your regular host, uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler, is on the road. And so I'll just be chatting a little bit about uh, Ballpark Digest's plans for the coming week, where we are in the baseball season, and some book news that. Uh, we're happy to be sharing with the rest of the world. Um, we've not been posting a ton lately, uh, and my apologies for that, but we have been in the middle of an office move, which uh, should end sometime today, because it's, of course it's the end of the month. And we've been working on a new book uh, that's just gone to the printer today, and we're very excited about it. And I'll, I'll cover that at the end. But, but for now, um, Right now, we are in the transitional period between spring training and uh, the major league season. There are still spring training games going on as I record this. Um, there won't be by the time you view this. Um, most teams have already broken camp and are heading for uh, their major league homes. Uh, others will be uh, at, on Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, to say this will be an interesting 2021 season is is uh, going to be an understatement. Uh, before we get into that, I wanna talk about some lessons learned from strength training um, that certainly will be seen as the, the 2021 major league season begins. Um, and as you know, uh, spring training was held with most of the same restrictions as major league baseball teams will be experiencing during the season. That includes pod seating, that includes uh, curtailed uh, concessions, that includes uh, mandatory mask usage while in your seats and in the concourse and, and other various sanitation, uh, sanitizing uh, methods and limitations. Um, at springtrainingonline.com, we have been monitoring how fans have reacted this year. We've received a couple hundred emails in the past 10 days or so after we asked for feedback on how fans who actually attended spring training felt about it. Um, games were technically sold out for the most part, although some teams held on to uh, tickets for uh, day of game uh, sales. Um, capacity, most teams said they were selling to capacities. There were always maybe 10 to 15% no-shows. Um, as fans who had bought tickets decided they really didn't want to be in a group setting or that the lure of baseball in the spring wasn't as, as great as they assumed. Um, there were two contentious things. One was the price of tickets, uh, which is always true in spring training. Everyone, uh, a lot of fans, not everyone, a lot of fans still think it's 1978 when you could walk up to the, the ticket office and get a great spring training ticket because there were only 800 people in the stands. And spring training's turned into big business. And uh, so that uh, the secondary market reacted to the lack of supply and the high demand with, with high prices. That happens every spring. Last spring, you know, it, it costs 60 to 70 bucks to sit in the lawn at Scottsdale Stadium. And, um, there was nothing new about the pricing this year, save the fact that people assumed that the old days were back, that no one was going to spring training. The second point of contention, which, which actually I found fascinating, was regarding masks. 
And anyone who's paid attention to politics for the last year knows that masks have become a political issue, not a health issue. And so I would say that opinions were split down the middle regarding mask usage in the ballpark. Half the, half the re responders to my plea for email uh, thought there was not enough mask uh, enforcement in the ballpark. And about half thought there was too much mask enforcement in the ballpark. Um, so I think it all depended on your, on your opinion of masks um, to see where, where, where fans split on that issue. You know, uh, the, the talk was much more political than medical. And uh, I, I personally don't see the harm in wearing a mask, even if you're vaccinated. Um, I think people make a large fuss about them when they don't really need to. Um, but the, those are the sort of issues that major league teams are going to have to contend with on a larger scale when uh, the season begins on Thursday. And we see capacities of, you know, 10 to 20,000, or in the case of the Texas Rangers, as many as they want to cram into the ballpark. Um, We've started our, our uh, previews of the 2021 season. Yesterday, Monday, we ran a, a preview at Chase Field. Um, one thing that became apparent in Chase Field and as we worked on others is that teams are, for the most part, running scaled back operations. Um, for instance, the Diamondbacks are, are, are focusing on grab and go stands throughout the concourses, um, though they will be prepared to order foods available. Um, uh, you know, they, they, uh, the Diamondbacks announced, um, tots, some, some specialty hot dogs and sausages. Um, and it looks like every other major league team is going down that road. The emphasis still will be on grab and go in order to minimize any interaction between players, uh, between players, between fans and, uh, the staff, <coughs> excuse me. And so, uh, the concessions lineups will certainly be curtailed. Um, you'll still see a lot of craft beer at the ballpark. You know, you Goose Island's coming up with, with another uh, ale for the White Sox. And the, the other thing you're going to see at the ballpark, a big emphasis on is safety. In fact, that's, that's right now the theme, overwhelming theme for Major League Baseball teams is that you're going to be safe at the ballpark. We're sterilizing everything. We're running drones to drop Lysol everywhere. We've even installed a self-sterilizing baby changing stations. And, and so that's where the marketing is, is going and that's where the emphasis is. And that's cool. You know, good for them because every poll I've seen a fan, uh, values at this time says that safety is still their number one priority when returning to the ballpark, which uh, makes total, total sense. Although people aren't acting necessarily uh, on that impulse all the time. Um, so everyone will be started with the capacity limits. Well, you can expect those capacity limits to be raised during the course of the season. It would be astounding if they weren't. Um, <clears throat> Typically, municipalities, whether it be state, local, county, or uh, city, tend to reevaluate guidelines on a monthly or bi-monthly basis. Here in, in Madison and Dane County, it's a monthly basis, for instance. And the, those capacity limits, if the numbers continue trending, will certainly be revised as we go through the season. They may not be revised for April and May, necessarily, because we're we're kind of on the precipice of a uh, 
another surge because people are not acting as though they they think the COVID crisis is still here. Um, <clears throat> the May guidance will be a lot more important for the majority of the industry, whether it be minor league baseball or summer collegiate, because those guidelines will directly affect how many fans they can allow in the ballpark. Right now, the industry is bracing to have a money losing season. I've talked to many, many owners in the past month and their feeling is they are bowing to the inevitable of running teams at a loss. If they can break even, they'd be really happy with that. So just to let you know where they are. So, so uh, you know, go out to the ballpark, spend some money, keep these owners in business. It's been a rough year for them. And it's going to, last year was, of course, a washout for most of them. So um, <clears throat> go support your local baseball team. Um, one thing we will be doing during the course of the year is hitting all these ballpark openings to the best of our abilities. There's a lot happening because 2020 uh, ballparks didn't open. So in essence, you've got a two-year period ranging from some spiffy looking minor league baseball ballparks to major league upgrades and to college facilities being overhauled. Um, we'll be hitting the road for that starting in April. And we look forward to, to seeing these ballparks in use, even though it won't be at full capacity. Um, I mentioned earlier about a book release we have coming up. Um, and that book is called My 1961. It's a book by, by a gentleman named Andy Strasberg. And if you've worked in baseball for any amount of time, you, you, you've run across Andy's name probably. He used to be vice president for marketing for the San Diego Padres. He is the man who helped give us the San Diego chicken early in the day. And uh, he's, he's a, a very creative man, still cranking it out. And uh, his book is called My 1961. Andy was a 13-year-old in 1961, a Yankees fan and a Roger Maris devotee. And 1961 was a good year to be a Roger Maris fan. And he received a lot of recognition as being a super fan, uh, recognized by Roger himself um, multiple times, uh, you know, became an extended part of the Maris family. And uh, his book is a diary of, of, of 1961 from January to December, you know, obviously the climax is Roger Maris hitting his 61st home run. Um, but the book is written in a way that it's through the eyes of a 13-year-old. Um, and so the language, the lingo, the actions, it, it's a mix of memoir and baseball history that that you know, I'm just tickled to be publishing. Uh, working with Andy has been a joy. And I would highly recommend you check out the book. If you go to augustpublications.com, you can find... Uh, the listing for it there. The release date is April 26th. Uh, the book's at the printer right now. Um, and I'll give a free copy to anyone who can, uh, to the first person, excuse me, not anyone, to the first person who emails uh, editors at augustpublications.com and has the correct answer as to why April 26th is uh, a very important date in terms of uh, the 1961 season, and no Googling, please. Um, but it's an utterly fascinating story. It's a story both of, of Andy's uh, uh, coming of age 
And it's also a story of the state of the world in 1961 in terms of JFK, in terms of the Cold War, in terms of all the changes that society was going through. And it's also a story about how, how Roger Maris um, uh, overcame a lot of stress and a lot of adversity to set a, a pretty amazing record. Uh, the book's a great read. I would recommend pre-ordering it because we're going to throw in some goodies um, for those who pre-order it. Um, but that's what we've been working a lot on these days at Ballpark Digest. So right now, um, I, I need to get back to work, which means I must say goodbye to you. Um, thanks so much for joining me on the Ballpark Digest broadcaster chat. This is Kevin Reichard, publisher of Ballpark Digest. And we'll be back next week with Jesse and maybe a guest or two to discuss uh, the first lessons learned from openings for the 2021 Major League season. I personally won't be spending that much time looking closely at opening day because that's, you know, that's when everyone is staffed and geared up. The, the bigger test of how baseball does this season might be in game two when the opening day hoopla is gone and crowds may be more representative of how they'll be in, in, uh, in future months. So on that note, we will see you next week. Thanks and so long.